Hi everyone. Welcome to A Different Story, the podcast. My name is Nazli Desi, and this podcast was created to encourage multidimensional conversation around special educational needs and disability in Egypt and beyond. Every other week, we will be speaking to working professionals, family, and community members in the MENA region with the hope that through greater awareness and education, we as a community can deconstruct the stigma and the presupposed judgments we have formed towards special needs and disability. So sit back and enjoy. Before we get into our discussion with Noor, who's a psychology major and founder of Instagram page letstalkaboutit.eg, I'd like to give some background into the topic of mental health and its link with special needs, which is what we will be discussing today. Uh, first of all, the relationship between mental health issues and special educational needs is actually really complex and it can be often misunderstood. This is largely due to there being a lot of confusion in distinguishing between the two topics. Um, and this is because that the difficulties of identifying mental health problems among pupils with very complex needs is really problematic. So usually when atypical or challenging behaviors arise, they're often linked to a diagnosed learning difficulty, rather than actually taking a step back and thinking that this might be symptomatic of a larger mental health problem. And that's where the big confusion lies, is that we sometimes have uh, quite a lot of challenges in separating mental health from just symptoms of a diagnosed learning difficulty or a diagnosed um, disability. What we forget, however, and this number might shock you because it definitely shocked me, is that children with learning disabilities are six times more likely than their typically developing peers to develop a diagnosable psychiatric disorder, and that's huge. A study carried out in the UK, which I came across recently, uh, actually found that mental health is the most perverse need that complicates or even strengthens a child's special educational needs or disability. And these disorders can include anxiety, depression, conduct disorder, and emotional disorder. And the study also found that a number of factors play a role, and these uh, factors can be things like genetics, poverty, uh, family stress. Um, there was also, I think, abuse and harassment, and also so social isolation. So what is the link? Uh, some studies indicate a high occurrence of depression, for example, in um, people with autism. There are also a lot of studies that validate a high occurrence of anxiety in people with autism. Um, there are also studies that show obsessive compulsive disorders being present in individuals with Tourette's syndrome and ADHD. And the way that we can visualize or uh, put into practice these mental health issues that can come to, to light in a child with, uh, uh, with um, special needs can be seen in a child with autism, for example. So usually a parent might have to point out social cues, um, whereas for a child with a physical disability, their anxiety might be brought on by watching their other friends do better than them in gym class. Maybe a stutterer may experience a stomach ache every time they have to recite something in front of their classmates. So there are so many ways in which anxiety or forms of anxiety can reside in children with a range of different special educational needs and disability. But because we don't conclusively understand the relationship between mental health and special needs, a number of concerns arise. 
Uh, I'll start with the first one. One of the most significant concerns is that these mental health difficulties, they really go unrecognized for long periods of time. Too, too, too long. Also, professionals working in mental health services, while they're very, very knowledgeable and highly professional about mental health, they often have a limited understanding of the needs of specific groups of students. Um, and those with complex needs who actually form the majority of the population in residential special schools are often outside the direct experience of these professionals from different support agencies. So this causes difficulties in terms of um, accurate diagnosis, communication with students, and the appreciation of the approaches necessary for the management of their needs in general. The majority of uh, study participants in research articles that I've read have indicated that they actually feel very inadequate in terms of being prepared in dealing with situations that they face on a regular basis, whether that's at school, whether that's in a center, Anytime they come across a child with special needs who exhibits uh, mental health issues, they find themselves at a blank, not sure how to proceed. And as, as our guest, Noor, will shed light on, there's a major need for clarification of the relationship between complex special needs and mental health. Um, there's also a massive need for increases in training opportunities and the development of resources for teaching about and supporting mental health and emotional well-being. The actions to ensure emotional well-being and good mental health can't only address the needs of the individual, but we also really have to look at the other familial and environmental factors that may have a negative impact because there are so many and they, they're huge. So these, this is something that definitely needs to come uh, into child profiling and child case history and all of that. Also, the role of the classroom staff is incredibly fundamental. And the way that they can really make a difference is by observing these children's behaviors and by also compiling detailed functional analysis on a daily basis, if preferably on a daily basis, but let's be realistic and say like bi-weekly. I truly believe that a partnership model that relies on like this kind of a multi-dimensional uh, approach or on uh, multidisciplinary teams will really create better and more positive outcomes for these children. Now, for the parents, it's so important to carefully assess changes in behavior, like disturbances in sleep, like changes in appetite and energy levels. It it's just it it makes the world of a difference to obtain as much qualitative information as possible that can then be shared with the school or the psychiatric. A support center that your child goes to. And now for some mental health tips before our segment with Noor. It's first so important to acknowledge and label a child's feelings. I know this sounds super obvious, but a lot of us actually forget to do that with ourselves even, to acknowledge how we're feeling or to um, admit certain things to ourselves. Um, so we need to do that with these children. We need to tell them that we understand if they're sad, if we see them quiet, obviously if we see them crying, we need to really validate these feelings. It's also vital that we develop the skills needed to understand their emotions and to allow them to express how they're feeling. So for those that are especially nonverbal, we can do this from an early age by using pictures, by using signs, other communication aids um, that I actually see in, in, in different centers and in different videos where um, a child literally walks around with a, with a book of symbols 
and they point to what they want or they point to how they're feeling or they point to uh, what they want to eat next, anything, literally. We also need uh, to be teaching coping strategies uh, in how to deal with difficult situations. This can be done by teaching your child to count to 10 or down to 10 or through deep breathing exercises, things that they can really just help themselves regulate in in times of stress or in times of anxiety. We also need this as adults, but it's so, it, it's just, it would be amazing to have this in children or instilled in children from such a young age. I've also found that incorporating social stories into my therapy sessions with children that are quite anxious can be so beneficial. And what that means is that we basically develop situations that aren't real. So we talk about it, we come up with hypothetical situations, um, but it allows the child to simulate how they, or at least think towards how they would behave if they were faced with this specific challenging situation. And it's usually very social, so it can be very relatable, it can be very real. And that's very good preparation, I find, for children that are naturally very anxious. Also, people with learning disabilities also often experience a lack of control over their own lives. And what we really need to do is that we need to try and support the child to make meaningful choices, to maximize their independence, and to ultimately allow them to achieve their potential. And this can only be done by giving them the autonomy to feel like they're in control. A lot of anxiety comes from us feeling like we're not in control. So we need to give that power back to these children. Anyway, that's all from me. Uh, I hope that was useful. Now on to our conversation with Noor. Noor, welcome to A Different Story, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited for you to share your background and to talk about the, the topic that we have in line today, which is uh, mental health and the link between that and special educational needs. But before we get into that, do you mind uh, please introducing yourself to our listeners? Yes, sure. So my name is Noor Hoeda. I am 23 years old and I am currently a senior studying psychology and communication studies. Um, I should be graduating in May uh, this year. So excited about that. <laughs> and I actually started my college journey as a business major and decided to at psychology my junior year of college mm -hmm. and uh, that's when I really started to get into um, the field and like reading a lot about um, uh, like this psychology in general and mental illnesses and the different types and stuff like that. Um, it took me a while to, to, to decide and realize what I wanted to do with my life and like my career but I was able to figure that out and um, now I'm here. That's amazing. That's great. And Mabruk on almost graduating May is so soon. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's really exciting. Uh, okay, Noor. And I know it's a complex issue, but how do you think we can break down the relationship between mental health and special educational needs? So I think we should first start by saying that um, mental illness or people with um, mental health conditions, as I like to refer to, uh, they, are, they are caused by a variety of genetic and environmental factors. 
and um, mental mental illness is more common in people whose blood relatives have also have a mental illness. When it comes to special educational needs, I know that people with ADHD it makes it so much harder for them to actually engage in the classroom. Um, no, I agree with that because it's very, very, very common to have children with autism who also have co-occurring um, conditions such as anxiety or even depression. And that can be heavily linked with or is heavily associated with um, their struggles with social communication and interaction. So uh, socially interacting with other children can be very, very overwhelming for them. Diverting away from any sort of routine is also a very anxiety-provoking situation. So Definitely. I would say social anxiety and autism spectrum disorder, their links to each other is, is very obvious. Uh, whereas other links such as depression to other special educational needs, whether that be autism or it could be even Down syndrome, ADHD, any, any learning dis- difficulty actually, um, that can be linked to uh, bullying at school. So a lot of children are subject and exposed to a lot of bullying at school because they're different or because they think differently. They might be interacting socially in a very different way. And so they're subject to a lot of uh, uncomfortable and unpleasant situations that spark a lot of depressive episodes or can can actually develop depressive symptoms uh, within them. For sure. So, yeah. Um, obviously, it's not entirely backed by the research. Not enough research has been carried out on large samples for this to be very conclusive. But mm-hmm. um, from, from even just speaking to parents, I know that this is something that they really struggle with at home. Yeah, and I also think that people in that age, especially middle school, high school, they don't really, they're not really, number one, they're not really aware of people with special needs, like what, they, what they're capable of. So that could be a downside to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know that you live in the US, but currently you're in Egypt now. <laughs> what kind of specialist support exists within the schools for children experiencing mental health concerns in the US? So, as far as I know, for example, in my school, uh, they offer counseling services for free to Mm -hmm. people. It's usually for um, freshmen because the the transition to college and being on their own and having a completely different life can be extremely stressful and it can cause anxiety, depression. I know a lot of people deal with these two disorders. It's like they're the two most common ones. I think it's important. I think it can be a great addition to school universities in Egypt. I know that a lot of people struggle so much, but no one talks about it. So that's mainly why it's not an issue. And in terms of a plan of action, what do you think people can do to include children with disabilities? So there are, I think there are several things we can do as members of the community and parents, students. I think first thing is to raise awareness on the issue. Uh, The schools should get involved by actually educating the students, whether it be a weekly class or... Like a mandatory thing. Yeah, it, it should be a mandatory thing that all students should attend. If that were if that were the case, then I think more people and more students would be 
would have more empathy towards people with disabilities, like children and like their classmates, that could be a really good starting point for them. Mm-hmm. I agree. So on a personal level, what are your future plans or ambitions in the mental health field? So since I am a semester away from graduating, I plan on getting my master's degree in um, mental health counseling, which I am currently in the process of. Mm-hmm. And, um, and another thing that I really want to um, accomplish is I, I have my, I started a page in August, which is, um, let's talk about it, .eg. And the main aim of the page is to raise mental health awareness around different mental health conditions and disorders and how to offer, offer a helping hand, how to empathize, empathize with them. My main, my main aim is to um, normalize getting help and normalize um, talking about the different mental health issues and to in, encourage people who are struggling not to, I don't want them to suffer in silence and not be able to reach out for help just because of the stigma surrounding mental health. I aim to do that by reaching as many people as possible and have them share their stories with us in order to grow the platform and reach as many people as possible. And, uh, I urge everyone that hasn't checked out your page to do so because it's a really insightful one. Uh, so I'm sure you're, you're going to be growing, like you'll be raising awareness towards it more and more as time goes by. Uh, but on that note, thank you so much, Noor, for joining me today and for talking about this subject, which is really, it's hard to uncover and it's hard to like get really like, deepen and to dissect because it's not a straightforward topic Uh, so thank you so much for your time thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed talking to you today (laughs) thank you everyone take care thank you for listening and don't forget to please subscribe to the podcast if you liked what you heard you can also find us on instagram and facebook at at different story by n as always this podcast is your platform it's your voice Please reach out to me if you'd like to be involved or share your story. Have a wonderful day and stay tuned for next week's guest.